means of use. Um, who, I know already the answer for some of you. Who does chaturanga like in your practice in here, that push-up thing? Okay. <laughs> all right, and you all teach this shape? All right, okay, relevant then. I just wanna make sure it's relevant. So you're gonna set up this strap at a certain length. Are any of you in teacher training right now? This is your humorous. <laughs> so if you take this point right here at the top, where if you go get a massage and they're like digging in there and you want to punch them in the face, right, that would be the top. <laughs> but it ends down here where your elbow crease is. What I want is you're gonna put your arms out in front of you like this. Now it's hard for you to see, so you might have to ask a person next to you, but I want your elbows, so the elbows to be shoulder distance apart so that it looks like your two humori, I guess, is that plural, uh, are parallel to one another. And then you're gonna make a strap loop that is tight enough that you can push out into it a little bit, that it'll stay where it's supposed to stay with your arms parallel at shoulder distance apart. We'll do that first. If you've ever done chaturanga with a strap and set it up with your arms down here, <laughs> you'll know why that doesn't work. Okay, when you th when you think you have it figured out, when you think you have it figured out, stick your arms out and I'll, I'll come around and make sure they're in the right place. Make this easy on you. <laughs> I'm always like, just try to Oh my God, you maniac. So it'll go just above your elbows. I always need support. Yeah. All right. So when you think you've got it in the right place, stick your arms out and I'll decide. And when you stick them out, stick them out like you're holding uh, some very fancy tray. Good. Good. Yes? You're good? See? How do you got here? Stick them out. Sit up just a little taller. Ah. You didn't have the gosh by gosh belt when you were growing up, did you? When you put it on there, you'll go just above your elbows, but that's good. Good-ish. Little narrower. Right. right there will work. Perfect. All right. Good. Yes. Let me see. Too skinny. Perfect. Palms up. Let's put this down closer. There we go. Right. We got some good carrying angles in this room. <laughs> this is going to bother you. You might want to unroll it. But... Yep. All right. We're good. So now you can put that off to the side. I'm going to do this for ease of use, too, because I, I know some of you, not all, but this is faster if I tell you at the beginning. You're not used to me. At a certain point, you're gonna lie down on this thing in various configurations. It can be on your belly, it might be on your back. It's not long enough for most of you, if you're laying on your back in particular. 
So you might need two blocks behind it. That's probably as close to the same height as the bolster, that configuration. So if you need to make it longer, it'll be like that. Now, one more. At a certain point, you're gonna be on your back with these. Some of you have done this before, sorry, in advance if you have and you know where, where we're going. You can blame Tori for this. It's totally her fault. <laughs> so at a certain point, you're gonna be lying down on this thing with your head supported, obviously. You're gonna take the two blocks out and end up here, okay? You know this one, that's the chest opener version thing? You don't wanna be this far back or you're going to not like me very much. So it's just enough that you can get your head just down to the ground, so just a tiny bit of your shoulders are hanging over the edge, okay? Good? All right, props to your side, strap somewhere where you can reach it. Good to go. All right, lie down on your back. Do you want that closer? I generally start here, but I gave very little instruction. All I said was lie down on your back. And all I would ask is that you inquire about why you picked that shape. Because that's really what you're here to learn is about yourself, your relationship to choice, your relationship to sensation in your body, what your mind bosses you around and tells you you have to do versus what would be skillful. So I say lie down, but is it just a shape that's wise or is it just a shape that, like, oh, I'm on that rubber island. Better get into my yoga lying down shape. Because if it's not something that's feeling comfortable-ish, then change how you're lying down. So if this is bothering your lower back or around your sacrum or your mid-back or it feels weird on your shoulders, then try something else. You can bend your knees, put your feet on the floor, you can slide them out, you can knock your knees together. You can also make various choices with your arms. There's no right place to put any of it. And when choosing, if you try something different at any point, just know that you can backtrack. Just because you change it doesn't mean that you have to stay there. And the idea is to pick a shape on your back that feels comfortable enough to be fairly still. And that if lying down doesn't feel comfortable, that you could sit up or you could turn to your side. There will be no shape that will be comfortable forever. So it's like good enough and not hurting. You can choose to have your eyes opened or closed. If you open them, you consider fuzzing them out on single points so that it's a little bit easier to be in one place in one position without your eyes moving about. Be aware, whatever way you come to that awareness, that you're in a room with walls surrounding you, a floor under you, 
there's a certain temperature to the room. And there's other people here, there's me. There's lots of different aspects of the moment. There's all the sensation in your body, all the thoughts in your mind. And one component that is here is sound. And there's sound inside the room that will come and go. There's the sound of my voice. There's the sound outside if the church bell rings. So it's not that any of those former components went away. It's that you're choosing to put your attention on sound. The options become listening to sound and noticing when you are no longer doing that and simply returning the attention and focus back to sound. Sound is one anchor in the present moment. If any of the other ones don't work, you can always return to sound, but move your attention away from sound and to the feeling of your body contacting the floor, whatever parts of it are in contact with the surface of the floor. Can you notice the support of the floor, the contact and sensation of that, the awareness of parts of your body that are not in contact with the floor? It's not that the sensation of contact with the floor is going to go away. It's that you're going to choose to move the focus a little bit further in. Unless contact with the floor or sound works better. Just begin to notice if the breath changes the contact that your body has with the floor. What's that sensory experience like? There's no answer to that question. It's just to be with it and to return when you wander. Breath has other sensations to it. You feel the sensation of it moving through your nose or how the sound of it exists, but the only way to notice breath is to choose a sensory experience in relation to it, to allow the mind to settle on that and to know it'll wander and when it does to come back. You can always choose one of the other previous focal points if they work better. A concentration point an anchor in the moment. So whatever anchor point you have chosen, just know that 
it will be there to return to when your mind wanders too far or you start to overanalyze and split the atom over some sort of instruction. Now just take your attention out to where your legs are positioned, and if they're not outstretched on the floor already, then outstretch them on the floor. And once outstretched on the floor, just allow them to flop, just to relax however they do. And same idea with your arms. Take them alongside of you. Turn your palms up. If that feels awkward or odd, and turn your palms to face the sides of your body instead. And as close as we can get to considering things as they will be in the next activity, just noticing that the back of your heels, the back of your calves, probably some part of the back of your thighs and your pelvis are touching the ground. Same with rib cage, back of your head, all the way down the backs of your arms. And then there's these curvatures that move away from the floor, backs of your knees, Perhaps the lower back, neck. So without any pull or effort, just noticing all the points that touch the floor, all in the same plane with one another, and the things that are not away from that floor plane. And then bend your knees and put your feet on the floor about hip distance apart. And start to rock the pelvis back and forth. So tip your sit bones a little bit up away from the floor. And then tip the pelvis back to where it started and down towards the floor a bit. And so just tipping like mini cat-cow tilts in the hip, pelvis, lower back. And if there's counterproductive sensation around the hip crease or sit bones back in the sacrum, then adapt what you're doing so that it's less. So moving with minimal effort at this point. The next time you tip your sit bones up away from the floor, hold. See if you can locate the set of muscles that tips the sit bones up that perhaps moves the lower back closer to the floor in terms of contact. And if you can't find them statically, you can go in and out, tipping the pelvis a bit back to neutral and then sit bones up. And imagining you're tipping the pelvis through jello that's set, peeling it slowly up away from the floor. And then when you figure that side out, go the other direction. Tip the sit bones down towards the floor. The lower back will probably feel like it lifts slightly. In and out, and where are the muscles that tip the pelvis this direction, that arch the lower back more. Just becoming aware of those. And eventually you can come back to a neutral resting place. And take a breath in, and as you exhale, you can take your attention to your waist at the sides, where the seam of the shirt is, and as you exhale, think about contracting there, narrowing the waist slightly. And then continue to breathe, and see if you can continue to breathe while contracting the sides of the waist. And it may move down for some of you into the base of the abdomen. And just noticing 
that work. Then stretch your legs out on the ground. Let your muscles relax completely. Bring your legs as close together as they'll go. Now once they're close together, let them flop again. So notice now, lower back in your neutral position for you. Skeleton just hanging out, not being forced one way or the other. Feel if it feels comfortable how close together your legs are and start to scooch them away from one another until they feel a good distance apart, roughly hip distance or so, where they feel like, yeah, that would be a nice way to stand. So I was just going to stand on my legs. And if they go too far, narrow them back out again. And then let them flop and just notice, same thing, back of heels, calves, back of thigh, pelvis, rib cage, head, all touching the same surface. And then take a peek up at your feet and notice that for every single one of you, your feet are turned out some degree. No big deal. You can put your head back down. Start to roll the legs in and out. So turning your knees towards one another and then away from one another until eventually it feels like your knees are facing fairly straight up and it feels like, no, it would be a nice way to stand in my thighs and then hold them there. And then at that point, look up at where your feet are, look at the distance apart of them, how they're turned out or in or where they're facing and if they're symmetrical or not. There's no right answer, you're noticing you. And then head back down and hug your knees in. Roll yourself to whatever side you want. Sit on up or just sit up and sit yourself up on two blocks or the bolster at the edge, kind of like I am. You can do blocks. Okay. Just have it feel stable. Move your feet out away from you enough that they feel easily anchored to the floor. You can rest your Arms wherever you like. You can have the eyes open or closed, but just feet on the floor. And then same distance roughly that you had them apart lying down. And if they were turned out away from midline or asymmetrical, align your feet in that same configuration that you kind of had lying down. And then eyes open or closed and come back to whatever anchor you picked in the moment. Then use your arms and just hold your thighs the distance apart that they are. If you want to make arms on the outside like lobster arms, fine. And hug them, that's fine. But without moving the thighs in terms of width, just lift your heels up off the ground. Start with one and do both at the same time if you'd like, but peel the heels up. Just up and down. You can move dynamically in and out of this, or you can pick your heels up and hold. But the idea is to find out where are the muscles that initiate the heels lifting up. How do you do that? And when you figure out that eventually it's the backside of the lower leg, then go the other direction. Pick the balls of your feet up. One at a time, or both at the same time. You can move in and out or hold. But how does this action happen? Eventually knowing it's the front of the lower leg, 
and bring your feet back down and without moving your thighs any wider away from one another, pick the inner edge of your foot up off the ground with the ball of the foot. Come back down. Now watch your legs as they go because your thighs like to do the work from the hip instead of from the foot and the ankle. And eventually you can go the other way. Leave the big toe side down and see if you can get the, in, the outside edge to lift without the knees coming closer to one another. And they don't have to go far. The idea is to find out where the effort and where the movers are of these actions. And eventually let the soles of your feet come down to the ground. Now this time let them stay there. See if you can find the muscles at the back, at the front, with the inside and outside edge of the lower leg. Use a little bit of each one in whatever way works for you until your feet feel anchored to the floor and stable. And it might take some time, and it might take you closing your eyes and returning to your focal point to find that or figure it out. It might take little subtle movements in the foot and ankle until eventually they end up in stillness. And when you figure it out finally, stand yourself up from there. Do a giant squat up to standing. <laughs> you can also use your hand. <laughs> Don't be masochistic. And then just for purposes figuring it out, let your arms hang to your sides. You can put your hands on your hips, whatever you prefer. Bring your legs close to one another to start with. Do eyes open or closed, but start to scoot your legs, do one at a time or both at the same time, away from one another until it feels like your heels are under your hip and the width feels stable and anchored. And then the same idea as when you're lying down, maybe one or both feet have to turn out a little or in, but you work a little, each foot one at a time until eventually it's like, my feet feel great. They feel anchored. My knees don't feel weird. My SI joints don't feel odd. My hip feels great. All right. And then take the skeleton and put the rest of it in place. So back of heels, calves, back of your thigh, back of the pelvis, rib cage and head. They're all touching the floor before. Use that idea of tipping the pelvis back and forth a bit in effort until your lower back and the rest of your spine becomes neutral for you. And then the muscles in the lower back and in the abdomen, that's removing the pelvis back and forth. See if you can use them to stabilize a bit. Same with the side waist. Now come back down to the feet, and if you have to move the feet, that's fine. If you've got to lift the heels up, lift the balls of the feet, and rock inside, outside, fine, but find the muscles in the lower leg and stabilize. And if as you're doing that, your ankle or your knee or your hip or lower back, sacral area feels odd, then relax and change the skeleton and start again until it feels just anchored like Tadasana or mountain pose would be. Stable like a mountain. Not painful, mountains are not painful, unless I guess you go skiing down them, badly. And then let your eyes rest on something or close and come back to your anchor in the moment. Be with that anchor while also feeling the sensations in the body. Now, 
from the waist down. See if you can hold all of that still. You can either take the arms forward and up or out to the side and up, and you can even move one arm in one direction and the other in another. See if you can move the arms without the pelvis changing, without the rib cage tipping one way or the other. You can go up and down a few times. And if as you're moving your arms, you're moving your lower back and hip instead, then use some of the muscles of the abdomen and stabilize from there. We've left one big component out, so we've got to find it. Once you've figured that out, eventually you can come down to kneeling with the prop underneath your butt. You can do it the same way that I am eventually. This will not be forever. Don't fret. All right, so shins behind you. Sorry about this one, but we got to do it. Once you're kneeling, put yourself up as high as you need to. And scooch forward enough that your knees are roughly your hip distance apart or so. Keep your torso upright. Hover. Just a little bit. I'm sorry, I know. You find them? Your knee straighteners? You're good? Okay, come forward, kneel. Knees back behind your hips. We're in a lengthened out knees down push-up position, top of push-up position. Leave your right knee on the ground. Pull your right heel towards your tush. Find your knee benders. You need to go in and out a few times. You can. Calf, hamstring. Moving your knees behind your hips so that they're not vertically stacked under helps. Eventually you can do the other side or both at the same time. We found the muscles that stabilize the foot, the ankle, then the knee. When you've got those worked out, then stand yourself back up with one of the blocks between your inner thighs. And some of you will put it the narrowest way, some of you will put it a little bit wider. It really depends if you want it to feel like your legs are the distance apart that you were standing in Tadasana that worked for you. All right, Jane Fonda time. And or Suzanne Summers. Squeeze. <laughs> So you can pulse or you can hold, but you find the muscles that pull the legs towards one another. And see if you can play with the effort in the feet, in the ankles. And if you can get that inner edge of the foot lifting effort to cascade up into the inner thighs working effort, or maybe it's the other way. Yeah, good. All right, when you figured out the muscles that pull your legs towards one another, you can drop the block and or put it down. And put your hands on your hips. Shift the weight into your left foot. Take your right leg straight out to the side. Take it straight out without turning it. And you can go in and out, or you can go out and hold until you find the muscles that take the legs away from one another. And when you've got the right leg worked out, eventually make your way to the left. All right. Now you've got all of them. So feet the distance apart that works for you. 
turned in or out, asymmetrical if needs be. Once your feet are positioned in a way that works for you, then tilting the pelvis back and forth, arms down at your sides. Neck neutral, lower back neutral for you. And start from the lower legs again. Stabilize the lower legs, the foot, the ankle. Then use the muscles that straighten your knees and the ones that bend them. The ones that pull the legs towards one another, the ones that press them away from one another until your legs feel stable and anchored and there's no odd sensation showing up in your ankles or your knees, your hip crease, the SI joints, and if that's happening, change your feet or don't work quite so hard. And then go up a little higher, the muscles around the trunk, front and back of the abdominal region. Now, can you still breathe would be the question. Because even a mountain that looks like it's always the same changes a little and has a little bit of give to it. Would you be able to move your arms around now a little bit more easily without the trunk from the waist down moving? You can experiment with it. If you feel stable enough from there, from the waist down, to move the arms in whatever way you need to. Because this is moving without gravity interacting with you. Gravity's coming. And eventually make your way down to sitting in whatever way works for you on top of either the bolster or the blocks. You can kneel, you can sit cross-legged, it doesn't matter. Find some muscles first. Just let your arms hang down at your sides. Make fists with your hands. And then bring your arms out in front of you. Once they're out in front of you, have your fists facing up or the palms facing up to start with. And look up above your elbow. And if you flex, you'll find your bicep. Okay, so have your bicep facing fairly straight up so that those lines are almost parallel with one another. Be maybe angled in towards the midline a bit. And keep your upper arms where they are. Just turn your fist down towards the floor. Rotate until your fingernails are now facing down. And then turn them back up and rotate in and out until you figure out how to pronate and supinate the forearm without it changing your shoulder or your upper arm's position. If you gotta use your eyes, use your eyes. Just watch the upper arms, don't let them move. And once you figure it out in terms of watching, you can close your eyes if that helps so you can feel what you're doing. Eventually drape your arms down at your sides again. Imagine you are holding 3,000 pound dumbbells. It's a good day because you're not. <laughs> like your superhero though, fight like you were almost strong enough to lift them and bend your elbows, curling your forearms up away from the floor until you find your biceps without ever even having to have a weight in your hands. And then straighten your elbow out and take your arms straight back behind you just a bit until you find your elbow straighteners, your triceps, in the back of the arm. 
and go in and out, bending and straightening, and see if as you bend, you can fight like you were trying to keep your arms straight at the elbow. And as you straighten, fight like you were trying to keep them bent. And if it's making your elbows hurt or your shoulders feel odd, then try not being sore. Eventually, you let your arms relax. Lie yourself down on your back with your strap handy. Lie down with your knees bent, feet and knees roughly hip distance apart or so. And take the strap and put it around your arms just above your elbows. And reach your arms straight up to the ceiling. Make fists again, just for now. And then if you need your eyes, fine. Look at your arms and turn your biceps to face pretty straight back. So it'll look like the eye of your elbow isn't facing straight, straight back. It'll look like it's angled in towards the midline, maybe 5, 10 degrees or so. Now leave your upper arms there. From your lower arms, turn your fingers around or do the pronate, supinate until your fist faces the front of the room now. And then reach your fingers up to the ceiling like jazz hands. Now don't go crazy jazz hands. It's like gentle jazz hands. <laughs> now imagine the ceiling is very, very heavy, like we did with the weights. And pull your fingers and your fingernails down towards the floor. Or extend the wrist like you were doing a plank pose on the ceiling. Now imagine that ceiling is very heavy push the ceiling away from you and bring your wrists back up to the position they started in so your fingers end up straight up to the ceiling again. Good. And then actively pull them down towards the floor and actively press the ceiling and bring you back to where you began. Mm -hmm. Good. Eventually, leave your hands in a position where it appears you're doing a plank or an all fours-ish position on the ceiling. Now look at the arms again, biceps fairly straight back, elbows roughly shoulder distance. And if you find that your hands are wider than your shoulders, because almost everyone in here has a pretty decent carrying angle, then let your hands turn out a few degrees. There we go. Now that ceiling is very, very, very shortly, it's like a Looney Tunes cartoon coming down towards you. So keep your wrists in the position they're in, but in effort, push the ceiling away from you. There you go. Now find the muscles that bend and straighten the elbow. Leave the elbow straight in position, but stabilize it there. Now the strap is there, and you can push out into it and find the muscles that take the arms away from one another. And if you imagine an imaginary block between your arms, you can hug them towards one another in effort as well. Now if this is bothering your wrists or your elbows or your shoulder, change what you're doing. Do less. And if you need to take a rest, take your arms down and then eventually bring them back up. Try to figure out how would you stabilize the length of the arm if you were to flip over and just do all fours. And when you have that figured out, look at the distance apart that your hands are roughly, the angle that they're turned. And then you bring your arms down and take the strap off and set it to the side. You can have your arms wherever you like. And come back down to the legs. So feet and knees roughly hip distance apart. 
Some of you think your hips are a lot wider than they actually are. The hip distance is just a tiny bit wider than your sit bones. Now go into the abdomen again, and from the waist and the front and back of the abdomen, stabilize the spine, or just stabilize the trunk. Put your hands in the crease of your hips now, and just notice the angle that the thighs are sloping up towards the ceiling. That's going to stay the same. Peel your heels up off of the floor. Straighten your knees out until your shins are parallel with the ceiling without your thighs coming any closer to you. And then bring your feet back down again. Now you can go in and out with both legs at the same time or one at a time. I want you to figure out how to change the knees without it impacting the hip, and it's hard. Because as soon as you pick one foot up off of the ground, your hip wants to fold deeper. There's reasons for that. And when you figure that out, then the next time, if it's one leg at a time, fine. If it's both at the same time, straighten the knees out until that shin is parallel with the ceiling and then fold the hip a little bit further until it's knees stacked over hips. And then unfold that so that the thighs are angling and sloping up to the ceiling in the same way you began. So you can go in and out. And if as you're doing both legs, you're losing your spine's position or causing SI joint or groin weirdness, then one leg at a time. How do you move these legs at the hip and the knee without it impacting your spine? Eventually, you can come down and rest. Come back to your anchor. This time, peel the balls of your feet up off of the ground so you're just on the heels. Thighs stay at the angle they're at, just right knee this time. Straighten the right knee until your shin's parallel with the ceiling, but your thighs are still parallel with one another. So right knee will still be bent to a certain degree. There we go. Now hold that in place and bring your arms up to the ceiling. Set your hands up like you were doing plank hands, all fours hands, elbows, shoulder distance, biceps pretty straight back, semi-jazz hands but not aggressive jazz hands. And now muscles around the trunk for stability, inside, outside edges of the hips. Then go forearms, biceps, triceps, the squeeze in, press out of the shoulders. Now you can either stay here and add the second leg or you can switch legs. If you add the second leg and the rest of the shape falls apart, then one leg at a time is great. If anything, the hands should be fanning out towards the sides of the room, not towards one another. There we go. And eventually come down and rest. Now it doesn't matter to me if you do it with your head at the back of the mat or the front, but flip yourself over eventually onto all fours. Once you're on all fours, just for length purposes to start with, Step one leg all the way back into a plank position, and then the other. 
And then keep your feet fixed where they are. Just drop your knees down. And you have a choice. You can flip the feet whichever direction you like. You did both lying down. You can do that here. And then neutralize your neck. So chin the same distance away from your chest it would have been when lying down. You tip the sit bones up or down until your lower back is neutral for you. And then go to the arms. And remember, upper arms, humerus, elbows, shoulder distance. And if that means wiggling the hands away from one another, do. Biceps turn pretty straight forward. The eye of the elbow would be turning towards the front of the room for the most part. And once you have that, if your hands are wider than your shoulders, turn your palms out a good chunk of degrees. And then jazz fingers. Last part, if as you're doing this, your wrists are bothering you, move your hands in front of your shoulders some. Now, once you get your skeleton in place, just like you did standing, now you stabilize. So squeeze in, press out from the hips, the waist, the muscles of the front of the abdomen, back line. And the heel of the hand is going to stay on the ground, but play like you were going to try to peel it up away from the floor so that you feel the forearms start to participate. The biceps, the triceps, the squeeze in of the arms, the press out. Now you know where Tadasana was in terms of position. So we'll start. Can you hold the trunk stable, hold the arm stable, and hover the knees a quarter of an inch up off the ground? And back down. Maybe you just hover one. Maybe you hover both. Maybe as you hover, you play with straightening one knee out. Eventually, the idea would be to either be in plank on all fours with your knees down, but still working, or with the knees up, or to know that you could flip and lie down on your back and do the exact same thing with just a different effort in relation to gravity. So if it's bothering your wrists or elbows or shoulders, that's unskillful. Choose a way to get that to disappear. Because you don't get anything from plank but plank. And eventually when you've figured out this plank, whether it's knees up or down, hold for a few breaths. And see. Now, if it's knees down or if it would be wiser to be on your back, then try that one. And then down and take your bolster and blocks and set them up behind you and then lie down on them. Have your strap handy too, just for ease of use. down, head supported. It'll be like you're doing constructive rest or knees bent, feet hip distance, knees hip distance, just elevated on some props now. Now it gets infinitely harder if you're going to add bending the elbows or doing anything like that. So for a moment, come back to your anchor, to stillness.
Same ideas we were working on before. Feet hip distance, knees hip distance. Pick the right leg and mirror a lengthened out all fours position on your back. So pick your foot up, straighten the knee out until your shin's roughly parallel with the ceiling and where the thighs are parallel with one another in space. Now, once you have the skeleton in position stabilized here, you can do foot either direction, whatever you'd like, but left foot on the floor, just one leg hovering. So going to the waist, front of the abdomen. Now, the bolster, the height of it, that is going to end up being the plank height of the leg. So start to straighten your knee and unfold the hip until your right leg is hovering off the floor at plank height. Good. And then rebend it back to where it started. Go in and out, mirroring a lot of what you were doing flipped over a moment ago. Now, for some of you, you like to keep that leg way higher than that bolster. So if you need to look up and see as you straighten the knee and unfold the hip, the leg ending up hovering bolster height at the heels. And you can watch, but then it's important to, once you see it happening, feel it happening. And when you figured out one leg, you can go to the other, in and out. The idea of mirroring going from all fours, a longer all fours position, to a plank position from the hip and knee. And as you're doing it, watch out for things that are counterproductive, groin, lower back, go back to the anchor. That's a perfect place to be if it's not working. Eventually, when you figure out how to do this, then hold that leg hovering in the plank height shape. And maybe consider taking the other leg from where it is to a longer table position and then stretching it out to meet the other at hip distance apart. But as you're doing that, if you lose all the rest of the pose, all the spine components, if it puts it in your lower back or in your groin, then stick with one leg. that out and put your feet back down come back to the anchor the sound body touching surface the sensory experience of the breath and take one block out eventually from behind your head and then the other if taking them out completely is too much and you can turn one of them down to its lowest height. It's going to be scooched back just enough that your head hits the ground, the very tops of your shoulders are hanging off the back of the bolster. Then interlace your fingers behind your head like sit-up arms, because literally that's what's happening. Feet hip distance, knees hip distance. Now stabilize the legs. You can change your ankle position if that helps. You can peel the ball of the foot up or the heel, whatever works for you. And then it'd be the idea of squeeze in, press out, then the waist. Now go into the top of the abdomen where it reaches and meets the rib cage and contract until your shoulders and head hover off the floor at bolster height. And back down. Now as you do this, the idea is to contract the abdomen and to bring the neck to neutral, not the chin to the chest. 
And if you can find the muscles in the feet all the way up through the legs into the lower abdomen, into the sides of the waist, it may be easier to isolate the little movement you're doing. But eventually learn how to bring your spine off the ground, or your head off the ground, so you're hovering in what would be a lying down Tadasana. And when you figure that out, you have choices. You can slide the blocks back in. You can leave them out. But eventually, it would be to keep the spine neutral, stabilize it, fly one leg up off the ground, and bring your arms straight up to the ceiling. So plank leg on one side, spine like plank, arms like plank, all stable. Now maybe instead of having a straight knee, you do it with a all fours leg. But what works here? You figure out one, then do the other. Remember, you can put the blocks back in and still find the same work of the abdomen. This means your head won't lift up. Now, reclined plank is very, very, very hard compared to regular plank. Plank is hard in other ways. Now, you have a choice. You can do a reclined plank, which means knees bent, or straight, or you can flip over and near the same thing on all fours and then into a full plank. But the idea is to keep the spine in this consistent position, the arms stable, hips, trunk stable, and that if it's going into your joints in any way, that's not productive to modify what you're doing. Tadasana from the head all the way down through the hips at least. If your knees are straight, it's like that all the way through the legs. The only change is the wrists and the shoulders, really. And when you figure that all out, you have choices. You can either lie back down on the props if you're on them. That's fine. If you prefer to lie on the floor, you can do that, but make your way to constructive rest and just grab your strap. You don't have to put your strap around your arms this time. You can do this differently. Once you're back down, knees bent, feet on the floor. Come back to the anchor here and now. Put one side in each hand and reach your arms up to the ceiling. Now, don't hold on to the loop. It'll be too narrow. So just grab some part of the strap. Mm -hmm. Once you have a hold of it, turn your fists to face one another. Now look at your arms with your eyes and turn your biceps to face 
pretty straight back so that it looks like the eye of the elbows and the biceps, if they were to have laser pointers shining out of them, they'd pretty much be shining in two parallel lines towards the back of the room. Now bring your elbows to shoulder distance apart. If that means walking your hands wider on the strap, then walk them wider. Now hold on to the strap and you can pull against it a little bit if you'd like. But just bend your elbows down towards your sides. Now as you're bending them down towards your sides, if they want to bow way out to the sides, your hands might be too close together. Or you might have to actually think about the arms coming down towards your sides and put effort into getting them to do that. But bend and straighten until you figure out how to take your arms from the ceiling to a place where your elbows are bent, but the upper arm is next to the sides of your rib cage, just like it would be in Tadasana. And sometimes putting a little traction on the strap or pulling your hands away from one another can help. And when you figure out how to get the skeleton to do what it's supposed to do or what you're asking it to do, where the shoulder's going from 90 degree angle back to neutral, where your elbows are going from straight to a 90 degree angle and you're just trading those two angles back and forth, then eventually add some muscular effort to this. The idea that you had when you were seated, as you bend the elbows, fight like you were trying to keep them straight. As they straighten, fight like you were trying to keep them bent. Notice how you're isolating the shoulder movements and the hands are not going closer to one another, further away from one another. They're staying in the same position. And eventually when you figure that out, you can drop the strap, leave it to your side. At any time you can be on the floor instead of the props. Come back to your anchor, back to focal point in the moment. eventually reach your arms up to the ceiling. Now the distance apart they just were when you were holding the strap, bring them that same distance apart. Now keep the upper arms where the biceps are turned really straight back, turn the forearms around one another until your palms face the front of the room and then make plank hands on the ceiling. A chunk of you, just consider turning your palms out a few more degrees and then elbow, shoulder distance apart. Now imagine you're still holding the strap. Keep your elbows straight, stabilize bicep, tricep, the squeeze in, the press out. Now without the strap as an aid, can you do the same thing with the bending of the elbows? And it's harder because you don't have anything to hold on to to keep the elbows from flaring out or the hands from narrowing or turning. And then straighten them. So you may only move a few degrees. Maybe only bend the elbows a quarter of an inch. Maybe you bend them to the point where your arms end up right next to the seams of your shirt. But as you're doing that, your elbows end up wider, or your hands are all over the place, then change how much you're moving, move less. Like you were doing chaturanga on the ceiling. You can either play with this with just the arms, or 
You can consider having the arms up to the ceiling, stretching one leg out, or doing table legs and create a plank, either the bent knee plank or a full knee straight plank, and add the arms where it would be, all right, I'm legs and plank, and I'm going to bend my elbows a little. Notice as you're doing this, the trunk isn't changing. The arms aren't widening or narrowing, not rotating one way or the other. do a million of these in class usually not always when you feel like you figured it out on your back and come back to stillness for a bit back to the breath back to the sound body sensations now for some of you the lying down on your back might work just fine might be the place to be the place to stay for others of you, you may want to flip yourself over onto all fours. If you're going to flip yourself over, the idea will be to set your skeleton up first. So you'll have to get the length. Which will be take a full length plank to start with, then keep your feet there and drop the knees. So you have the length of the pose set up. Then, if your wrists are funny or they're causing you sensation, move your hands in front of your shoulders just a few inches. Elbow shoulder distance with the biceps pretty straightforward. Hands as wide as you need to to get that to happen. And once your elbows are shoulder distance, if you widened your hands, turn your palms out a few degrees. Should be easy to anchor your semi-jazz hands. Now you stabilize. If you're going to straighten the knees, fine. If you're going to keep them bent, fine. If you want to experiment, that's fine too. But stabilize the hip, the trunk, then the forearms, the biceps, the triceps. Consider keeping the knees down first. Can you bend the elbows a tiny bit? And then straighten them. Now, if as you do that, your chin starts to move towards your chest or your lower back starts to arch, you have the components. This is trunk, spine in place, arms coming down towards your sides. And as you bend, you fight like you're trying to stay straight at the elbow. And as you straighten, you're fighting like you were trying to stay bent. And if you've got to watch in, in order to see that your arms are doing chicken wings, And do and you know your back is there and the same efforts in many many ways are available on your back you can flip over and keep the knees down or at a certain point you can consider what it would be like to straighten them but if as you're bending your elbows you're losing any component of the spine the directionality of the upper arms the hip the knee any of that then it's not worth it The idea is not how low you go. It's can you hold all the priorities? Add the secondary component of perhaps bending your elbows, knowing that you don't get anything with bending your elbows except bending your elbows. No prizes, sorry. And when you finally figured this out or you've had enough, 
and return to your back. Now we're going to do five salutation A's and five B's <laughs> with Chatterer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Lie in whatever way you like at this point. Direct your focus back to whatever you've chosen as your anchor in the moment. Very rigid, very systematic and methodical work so far. Very taxing, not terribly organic posture. Take your arms up to the ceiling. You can even keep your elbows bent a bit. Doesn't matter how wide they are. Shake your wrists out. You can roll them. You can interlace your fingers and roll the wrists with both hands attached to one another. You can flip the fingers the opposing direction. You can do all of these fancy gymnastics-y type wrist things that we used to do. Bend your elbows and shake your arms out some. Go ahead. Never gets rid of all of that. And you've shaken your arms out enough. Put them where you like and bend your knees, put your feet on the floor. Prior to this, at the beginning, we were rocking the pelvis, just rocking the sit bones up and down. And start with that again, just rocking up and down. And then consider, that's tipping the pelvis. If it was a clock, it'd be like tipping it between 6 and 12. What would it be like to tip it from 3 to 9? Side to side slightly. Just tiny little micro-movements that aren't really impacting the legs. And you can play with the idea of going around the clock clockwise or maybe counterclockwise. You want to move a bit more as you move the pelvis. If you have some inclination to move your shoulders or your head or your arms, let your intuition guide. If stillness in your anchor in the moment feels wiser for you, that's there. Also play with rocking side to side or with stretching your legs out and your arms overhead. If you try something and it's not working, try something else. The idea is just to play with different positions than you've been in before, noticing what your body needs that isn't quite so methodical or systematic. If you feel like flipping over onto all fours and rocking in and out of cat-cow or doing circles with the pelvis just in a different configuration in space, you're welcome to do that.
your knees in if you'd like. Even flip onto your belly if you'd like, or onto the bolster on your abdomen and windshield wiper the legs back and forth, flipped over. Lots of different choices. Just more freeform organic movements. And play with components of what we were doing before, just in a gentler way. back and consider taking the arms out to your sides wide like a T. Navigate with your neighbor. And play with taking one leg up towards the ceiling, turning it from the hip in or out, making little circles with the leg or taking it out to the side. Lots of different suggestions of things to explore. If you're moving the leg lying down, you consider putting the opposing leg in constructive rest instead of on the ground. It makes it a little more anchored. Just knee, knee bent, foot on the floor. that are lying down if you want to add some arm movements and take the arms up to the ceiling reach them up inhale and take them up and overhead you can exhale them back to where you started and take them overhead and reach back and wiggle the rib cage away from the front edge of your mat feels like trunk is lengthening towards the back of the room
certain point, feel like there's anything else you'd need in order to be still and to be at ease with being still. Take that. And there's no rush, but over the next few moments, make your way to whatever reclined position works for you. It can be lying on your side. It can be flipped over on your belly and supported. It can be constructive rest. It can be legs up the wall. There's lots of choices. And there's no rush to get there, so take your time. And if what you choose doesn't work for you, then choose something else. Take a moment to get into a position where it's unlikely that you'll have to move. Not that you can't, not that you shouldn't if something isn't working, but where it's not terribly likely. Once you're in the place of being still, once again, go to the experience or sensory experience of listening to sound. Understanding that every sound is incredibly impermanent, that everything is impermanent. You can tune into sound and hear it come and go and change. Different sounds being added and then removed. And when your mind wanders to something else, just return. If sound is working to hold your attention, feels intuitively like a good focal point for you, stay or choose to experience the body's contact with the floor and the breath interacting with that. Just a different set of 
sensory input experiences. Choose to stay with that or with the breath. Moving to a subtler experience with the breath, perhaps the sensation of it in the nose or the subtle shift it has in the abdomen or the rib cage. We're returning to contact with surface or sound. Whatever the focal point that's working now, choose that and return when you wander.
to focus to breath and contact with the floor. Consider breathing a little bit more deeply or be with the experience of sensation as you move a little bit. Move out from your own experience to listening to the room move, feeling of the temperature of the air on your skin. Lots of aspects of what's happening here to experience. Eventually, you make your way to whatever seated position you'd like to be in. And be with the experience in your body in the room of getting there. Really take your time, if needs be. As you get there, allow yourself to experience the sounds and the sensations of the room continuing to move. together if you'd like. Feels right to bow your head, go ahead. Eventually head up and eyes open if you did that component. Thank you. Namaste. Voila. Welcome back. Mm -hmm.